You know, when, when we get to the animal story, you know so much about animals, your knowledge. You could go into so much detail. I think you really? just better hold it back a little bit. I don't want you splitting hairs, okay? Welcome to the Bro Show. So glad you're here. So glad you're here. I'm glad. This is. Um, thank you. A, thank you. Yeah. Not you. <laughs> the audience. Oh. Oh. Okay. oh. okay. It's the third episode of the 14th season of the Bro Show. So there's that. We got that going there for is. us. Yeah. And my name is Jerry. And my name is John. I think we're brothers, Sorry. aren't we? We are brothers. That's why it's called the Bro Show. People say, I don't know how I ended up here. How did I end up listening to this crazy show? I wonder how come I'm, I wonder sometimes, why am I doing this show? You know, yeah. how did I get here? Well, don't go all existential on me here. Hey, look, here's the deal. If people want, actually want to be, uh, I mean, uh, entertained, I almost said tortured, every Saturday morning, this is the way to do it. Go to yeah. bro.show, or if you like to type W's, type www.bro.show. And there's subscription buttons all over the place. Hit one. Give us, give Substack your email address, which they will handle very carefully and very thoughtfully. And you'll get notified every Saturday when the show drops. There it is. Wow. You got a shirt on? I have a T-shirt on, John. Okay. And it, it says The Bro Show on it. Hmm. Deriving cancer and loss. Ooh, with this is an oldie. Yeah, this is the first. Te- this is Technicolor with sports, okay. film, fake news. Boom! That's a good one. That's nice. How about that's, you? That's a, well, I got. I, I'm going for comfort, and this one I always uh, fall back on because it's so soft and very, very good in that way. Uh, Season of the Whale. www.bro.show. Uh, this is a real attention grabber. When you wear, when I wear this mm. one, it's surely going to get a comment, a couple comments uh, when I do so. That is what okay. I'm wearing. Oh, wow. Well, that is a good one. Got a juvenile sperm whale in the front of it there. Yeah. Talk, talking to seagulls. Celebrating his season. That was two or three seasons ago, wasn't it? Yes. What is a season, John? Let's tell the people what a season is. Well, we pick a season uh, twice a year, uh, which means once every uh, one of our seasons, which is six months. And mm. this year, our season, our, this season, our, we are doing the rabbit. So that's what we're going to be doing. So this is the season of the rabbit. That's a very short, succinct way of, well, I tried to do it, but I didn't succeed. I took the long version. But that's okay. Okay, That's okay. Unabridged, I think we would call that, wouldn't, wouldn't it yeah. be? Yeah. yeah, that's good. All right. So, uh, yeah. That's that's the whole deal there. We have a sponsor, though, and you are going to tell us well, about the sponsor. Yes, I am. And our sponsor is the Animal Legal Defense Fund. And this is a non-for-profit that they're organized, and their mission is to protect the lives and advance the interests of animals throughout the legal system. And they accomplish this through filing high-impact lawsuits. They provide legal advice to other attorneys and train prosecutors to ensure that animal abusers are held accountable for their actions and support tough animal legislation. And you know Ooh. what I decided to do this week? I what? decided since I'm a numbers guy to take a deep dive into their 
uh, financial statements and they are very timely. They got their 2022 audit all done and within about uh, they did it within about five months and i'm i'm pleased to report they have a clean unqualified opinion they got a solid balance sheet with a nice juicy uh fund balance in it and uh, they had a pretty good year and you know what what they've got swag oh they do have swag i i'm a proud owner of some animal legal defense fund swag i've got the orca shirt and it's a dandy yeah good looking and do you know what yep. else john they get their t-shirts made same place we do bonfire so yep. if you go to the links at the bottom of our show notes you'll see you can buy a t-shirt from them you can also buy a t-shirt from us and we have rabbit t-shirts there's still some leftover yep. meerkat t-shirts if you want to get some ooh. and uh oh yeah and they are good looking the whole thing and, you know, no matter who you buy a T-shirt from, us or them, it all goes to them. That's it. Very good. Yeah. All right, sir. I'm ready for the rabbit story. I don't know if you are. Our rabbit story this, this week is there is there are rabbits and there are hares, H-A-R-E-S. And those mm. two are different. And, yeah. you know, I, and, and I will be asking you some questions in, in terms of them, but... Um, and, but I, th- one of the things I was thinking about in terms of this, and that is my litmus test, since I know nothing about animals, I would say to you, could you actually invite an hare and an animal and a, and a rabbit to the same party? Would you do that? Or would that be a dust up or, or not? No, I don't think it'd be a dust up. Yeah. I'm not interested so. if they, they, they hook up at the end and they go their merry way. Uh, no, they can't do the that. Party. They can't, they can't do that. They they okay. can't they no they can't produce any offspring. Um, the, okay. They're different species. Did you know that they're different species? In okay, words, well that's yeah. one of the many things I'm going to learn as as uh, we go through this. Of course, I've uh, learned a little bit of this already, but I think maybe you could go a few a few of the key like physical differences where they're located, sure, sure. Sure, sure, social sure, sure. implications, etc. So how about size? Which is the bigger? Okay, first of all, yeah, hairs are bigger. Hares are bigger than rabbits. They have longer legs, larger bodies, uh, and they also have longer ears and legs. Mm. Yeah, so they can they can really. And you don't want to. There's a bunch of weird little things like rabbits are great zigzaggers because their legs yep. are shorter. They can they can turn right. on a dime, but hares they tend to go in a straight line and they're extremely fast. They're faster than rabbits. Oh, so, I get it. Yeah. So you would yeah. maybe want to have your your hair be like a uh, be a halfback. Your hair would be more like a, a, a an end who would do a straight run, while you'd have the yes. rabbit be that scat scat back and be kind scat of zigzagging back. through the line. Definitely. Oh, makes sense. Definitely. Okay, now I get it. Yeah. I have yeah. Their this. eyes I have are this analogy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Their eyes are different. What have you? Their diets are even different. You know, a rabbits rabbits are uh, can eat a large variety of different plant life but uh hares they tend to focus on grasses and in the rough stuff even you know stuff that's not that tender they're they're pretty hardy eaters and you know another really weird thing this, this is a strange one here rabbits when they give birth to their their young these little rabbits they're like they're hairless their eyes are, yeah. are closed they're helpless a hair within a couple hours the hair's up and moving around. Got their eyes open, and they have all the fur. 
Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that kind of plays into exactly the homes of each of these animals because you see oh, the yeah. hares are out and about in the open grasslands. Yes, they well, are. Those rabbits need to be in a position where those little critters that are not are defenseless at this point are outside yeah. the, uh, you know, the, the, the stretch and the, the capability of their predators to, to reach. Them. Yes. And they're in their burrows. Yeah. yeah, they have burrows. They dig. They dig deep. They're good at digging holes and what have you. And they need that to raise their young, as you say, and to avoid predators. That's something they have in common with meerkats. They burrow. Right? Wow. Well, which of these critters lives longer? Believe it or not, the rabbits do. And that kind of makes sense because, well, I think that the, the hares, although they're bigger, they're out there, out and about in a in the open more. And they seem to be also... The areas that they're located seem to be more uh, prairies, this and that, where I think there might be a few more predators. I, I, I think when I think of rabbits, I think about going outside here and walking down the street and all of a sudden a little bunny hippity hopping and, you know, beside me. And I just right. don't sense that they have the same uh, amount of, of predator uh, danger necessarily as as the jackrabbit would have, even though the jackrabbit probably. And that's one of the reasons that it has this physical capability of probably being faster, et cetera, they're going to need that where they live. Yeah, they are. They, they are. live they everywhere practically that. too. Mm. Oh, okay. Now here, I got one for you, John. This I think is a good way to close this out. Are you ready? I am ready. Here's, here's a fun fact that a jack rabbit is actually a hare, not a rabbit. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Here's, there's another one though. Here's another one. The Belgian hare, actually a rabbit. I didn't know that one. Yeah, the Belgian hare is actually a rabbit, and it was bred to look like a hare. Can you believe is it, that? Is it, is it one of those big rabbits? One of those, like... No, it's pretty good size, but it's not like okay. a floppy-eared. We're going to have a whole thing on floppy-eared Belgian rabbits yeah, later those, in the season. And also, they got the old Flemish rabbits, too. Mm. Well, Flemish <laughs> is what Belgian people speak, you know. That's right. I'm talking. We're talking the same thing, and I didn't even know it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You didn't know it, and your feet show it. They're Longfellows. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's save that for a pun. Oh well. I guess so. Yeah. I'm a little ahead of my time. Are you ready now for the word? Yes. We got a word. We do have a word. Species. S P E C I E S. Species. A species you know, is a base. Oh, blah, blah, blah. go ahead. I was foggy. I was foggy on this. Were you? Did you know what a species was? I mean, really? Not really. No, no I, I, mean, I didn't either. I, yeah, I used I, I it. Figured, but I didn't yeah, know there's was, a criteria really. to be a species. Usually, you think, well, that's just a way of dividing up the, you know, taking uh, the common uh, animal and then breaking it down into its components in terms of different types. But it, yeah. it's a little more detailed than that, I do believe. Yeah, it's a unit of classification in biology. It refers to a group of organisms, I like that word, organisms, that share similar characteristics and can interbreed to produce fertile offspring. That's important, yeah. fertile offspring. Okay, what's Very good. this is our extra credit, John. What's the animal that can, the two animals that can interbreed but cannot create a fertile offspring? Oh, I know. This is uh, something to do with donkeys, mules. Uh, is that it? Wow. By giving the answer, you kind of like spoiled the impact of the answer, but that wasn't <laughs> the answer. 
it isn't? No. A horse and a donkey can breed, but their offspring is not fertile. It's called a mule. See, I, I, I knew some of the players. You're close. I just didn't know, I, I so didn't know the story. You know, I, I, I didn't know the plot. So I just knew the characters. I, you know, it's like a movie. You say, well, I don't know what it's about, but it stars. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, the reason this came up as a word is pretty obvious by now is that a rabbit and a hare cannot enter, cannot produce a fertile offspring. So therefore, they are different species, although to many people's eye, they look the same. You ready for two takes? Yeah, our two takes. I'm ready. Uh, our two takes has to do with legacy admissions to college. And I think what we need to do is first start out with the definition. And the definition of legacy admission, this is the preference given by an institution to applicants based upon their familia, familia relationship to the alumni of that institution. So that's like saying, if dear old dad goes, son gets a little bit of oomph and a little bit of uh, kind of grease the wheels to get them into the college. Sometimes you can even, some colleges skip generations. So Gramps, if he went, grandson can go, but that's kind of it in a, in a nutshell. Why are we talking about this? Well, due to the uh, Supreme Court ruling with respect to affirmative action as it relates to admission, which is now based upon the Supreme Court is no longer uh, considered, it should be used as a factor um, the next, the next uh, section of the of these admissions that seems to have some favoritism to it, a legacy admissions has now become on the forefront as as an item, and the next one it's going to be hit and say let's get rid of them. Um, so I guess one of the things I did, I took a look to see exactly how prevalent this is, and I was able to find a survey that showed about well over three hundred. Uh, institutions, not all of them, but most of them, including Ivy League, et cetera, and over 70% of them still use legacy admission as a factor. However, really to get into the, the, the nuts and bolts of all this, you need to understand the process by which a person goes from applying to a college and getting actually going to that college. And that kind of mm. helps a little bit understand where legacy kind of fits into this equation. Because you see, what starts is students apply. And when they apply, they, the schools then take a look and they have a benchmark, a benchmark oh. upon which they sort of create a population of these are the students that are qualify on the first cut to be, a, to be in our institution. What's the benchmark? Well, the benchmark is created based upon factors factors that the student can control or the applicant mm -hmm. control. Those mm -hmm. factors being GPA, SAT, the testing, that could mm -hmm. include, well, the quality of the school, the criteria. It could include your interest in, in maybe writing an essay and showing how much you really want to go to the school, etc. So once that's done, they got a pool. And then we have factors that will then play into whether you get into the school and the applicant doesn't have any, doesn't have as much or any control over those factors. And what are those factors? Those factors are based upon what the university is trying to accomplish as a mission, is what they're trying to do. Create a socioeconomic uh, diverse basis of students because going to school is beyond what you learn in the classroom. It's the relationships and the understanding uh -huh. of your fellow students. And a lot of 
institute universities place a great amount of of importance upon that that factor. Networking. So, uh, yeah, networking, the network you have. All that good stuff. And, you know, the, and that, that's important. So that's kind of a, a, where it is right now. But it's amazing how once the affirmative action took place, it, it, it came on the forefront. And it seems like this is what's interesting. We talk about the polarization of, of politics. This seems to be an area in which both the Democrats and Republicans jumped on the bandwagon and want to beat up on the legacy admissions. And I, I thought that was kind of interesting. That is but, interesting, uh, actually. And uh, but but this isn't something that's uh, th- that has been looked at just recently. Some states, such as Colorado, have already banned uh, legacy admissions uh, with the with the yeah. state schools. And actually, not that many state schools go by it. If you took a look uh, at state schools, you'll find that usually publicly supported schools they uh you know they are they get they get money from the the state government a, a certain amount too so they don't really yeah uh concern themselves with that uh so yeah i i think it's out there it's it's uh we got a lot of prestigious uh, schools the ivy league schools uh i went to northwestern washington university those both of those schools are are really uh use that as a means to do that now one of the things you got to understand, the way I've just described the admission process, is that you don't all of a sudden you can't be, you know, a bad, a, a, a mediocre student, and get in uh, to the, the, the there because you've got to reach that that certain original benchmark, and those benchmarks differ from each school. So, for example, the University of Missouri is going to have a different benchmark than Washington University. Washington University has a reputation to uphold. They will set the benchmark a lot higher as to what they will consider to go to their school. So it's not what you call, yeah, scholastically. So that that's that's very important. I find it interesting that there are all kinds of of factors that play an importance. Uh, number one, not only do we have legacy, but also the families, the 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 the, the professors. Their kids usually get a little preferential treatment as it relates to getting to schools, too. Oh, yeah, they do. And, and they get free tuition, too. They do. And another one to mm. think about is the obvious one is the athletic scholarship. So those, so if, if a, a, a school such as Alabama is interested in getting uh, the best football players, their benchmark is a, little, is a lot lower than, for example, Michigan or Northwestern. They can then they 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 will probably they 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 have an objective to create a a, a good football team. Take Northwestern, yeah, or Michigan. Yeah. Their pool that they have, in which they have put the, the number of football players within that pool, is probably less because they have a higher benchmark for that that right. the, the minimum right. the floor that they have for it. So. Yeah, I don't know where this is going. I, I, I do believe that there are already some schools that are reacting, deciding to uh, John Hopkins University. Uh, Elmhurst uh, has decided to, to, to drop it. And I, I would suspect that more of them are, go- are going to be looking at it. And I yeah. guess one of the questions is, why would a school even want this, want to have legacy? Uh, oh, I know the answer to that. Give me, give, give, I, I, yeah, we've talked a little it's bit two about reasons, it. two reasons, two reasons. Let's hear it. Bring them on. One is fundraising, getting donations. Yes. And the other is 
creating that special community they want to create. Right. So I see this as not necessarily a good thing, and I will tell you why, John. Diversity is the basis of evolution. Ooh. Yeah. This goes back to our, our word today. That is one of the key things, is that diverse populations tend to be better at adaptation and evolution. Give me an example. You know, the first time I heard this, I didn't know how to take it either. It was a little strange. It was 1960, uh, no, 1970. I was taking a class at Southern Illinois University under Buckminster Fuller, and he said, you know, people say that the United States is the most creative country in the world. And he said, given the number of copyrights and patents and inventions and all that stuff, I would have to agree. However, it's not because it's the United States. It's because the United States welcomed all kinds of different people and didn't have a rigid class structure and people interbred. They crossbred. Excuse me, not interbred. They crossbred. They crossbred. So people of different races and different backgrounds and different ethnicities intermarried. And because of that, their gene pool was enriched. They were more creative. That's what he said. And I thought at the time, wow, I'm not sure if that's racial or not, or anti-racial. And, you know, I didn't know how to take it at the time. Yeah. The more I've thought about it over the years, he may have something there. That might be the thing. But in general, diversity does, evolution favors diversity. And so I always wonder, what are these universities going for? You know, here's the thought. Are they trying to match the approximate racial profile of America, for instance, if they're a United States university or the state? In other words, if if 9% of the population is black, are they going to have 9% of their students black? That's just a crude, you know, example. But you see what I mean? Or oh, yeah. are they or do they are they trying to create the future human? In other words, are they aiming in the future? Say, well, you know, given population growth and different things, there should be this many black people, this many Hispanics, this many Chinese, this many sub Indian subcontinent, this many Caucasians. Yeah. You see what I mean? You know, yeah, I don't know. What, what, and nobody knows. That's what I found out reading these articles that you gave me. Nobody knows what the what the subjective process is that admissions offices go through, and they don't tell anybody, do they? They don't. They don't. And the, but they're very sensitive with respect to making sure that they they reach the the, the high, highly rated schools. I I have just a couple of comments. There's another reason that it, it, it plays into the admission process that that colleges like the legacy admission. There's a piece of this exercise, which as we go through and talk about becoming, going to the school, and that is you apply to the school, you're accepted to the school, and then you decide to enroll. Most students apply and have several opportunities or several different possibilities as to where they can go. The, the taking the, the number of enrolled divided by the number of applicants approved is called the yield. And that means, and so as a result with legacy, they find that you can, you have more, a higher yield. In other words, more legacy admissions, uh, people that apply for legacy for that, they're more likely to go to that school than another one they may be applied to. So that plays into huh. it. The, the other thing is that this is, it, it's a tough, 
you've got you've got a university. What's a university made up of? It's made up of colleges of different schools within right, it. Right, different schools. And right. each of those schools has a certain number of, for example, business school, engineering, chemistry, uh, liberal arts, poli sci, you name it. They have a certain number of people, so they've got to fill those those buckets. Mm. And you might you might get too many people in this that apply for this versus another. That's that's another that's another factor place, and, and we've also got the international aspect too that you referred refer to, in other yeah, words, yeah. outside the U.S. So yeah, that's yeah, important. I, I, yeah, so when it comes to saying, well, how do these guys figure it out? Well, each of them has their own way of looking at it. To, you know, a little different. So yeah, it, it's a deep dark secret. You're right. And well, what's the best? Here's here's another pop quiz, John. What's the best movie that illustrates uh, the role of uh, Legacy for college admissions. Oh, in dog on it. I, 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 I know that I've, there's one of the Saturday Night Live people was, she was, there's a lady, uh, I don't know the name of it off the top of my head. It, it, I'm thinking of the called. Tom Cruise movie. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise was in it. Oh, no, no. I don't know that one. Risky oh, Business. Uh, Risky Business. Risky yeah, business. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a Remember good the best line in it? Looks like the University of Illinois. <laughs> yeah, he's gone for Princeton and he ends up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah I, so there is a very specific one I was thinking of uh, that uh, th- that is very, very deep into the process. It's more of a very serious movie, though. So, but oh. look, that's for another oh. day. Another uh, day. Hey, so, it's time. Yeah. Uh oh, we need growing, more- don't we? It's time for Groners. Do you want to wrap anything up with with legacy admissions? No, I good? just I would like to say that um, uh, it, it's it's in process. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, I don't think it's going to go away. I think it'll be a, a slow, a, a long, winding road before it, it gets all all resolved. But uh, we'll just see slow how decay. it plays out. Okay, I got a couple right, of Groners. These are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., commonly referred to as the Coach. He is a contributor of our groaners, and here is our first groaner. Now, these are these are dad jokes, bad jokes, and they're borderline stupid jokes, but I'm going to go with them. What do you call a line of men waiting to get a haircut? What do you call a line of men waiting to get a haircut? <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> Hairline oh. crack? I don't know. A barbecue. <laughs> oh, I like that one. That's good. That's good, John. <laughs> That's good, John. Okay, you know, this is... right outside, right outside my window. There's a rabbit, and he looked up at me when you said that. So, oh, must be something. Good. Yeah. Okay. Let's okay, go. Here's this. This is just a, a flat out qu- funny question. What is Peter Pan's favorite restaurant? What is Peter Pan's favorite restaurant this is bad oh, i don't know john wendy's of course it is it's too of course obvious it is yeah no no that's good that's not obvious that's good i should okay. i should have gotten it though okay good one john oh well okay sounds good <laughs>